by the time you hear this podcast, you'll know what you can find behind the velvet rope. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with episode 122. Oh, yeah. And I just realized something. That is the second episode which we've we've begun with that song. <laughs> what was the first one? The Control episode? The Jimmy Jam and Terry Jimmy Jam, Lewis episode. Okay, because that's not from... Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Huh. Okay. So... Um, we got Now we got to find a third because... I'll get we got, we got, yeah. three. <laughs> well, we, we got, if we talk about Rhythm Nation later, yeah. <laughs> then uh, then we have a third reason to use it. Um, but yeah, everyone, welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. Thank you to everyone who's been listening so far. This is episode 122. Um, if you want to tell people where you can find this podcast, that shouldn't be uh, an issue uh, because there are many, many options. You can uh, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Uh, do not go to the website. Don't, don't go there. Don't <laughs> no. Do there are some changes going to be made. It's it's just not worth your time. Uh, but the Facebook URL spelled Y-O-U. U is spelled Y-O-U by the time you hear this. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we are, we are there uh, at by the time you hear this. But spell with the letter U because. I don't know. There's a, what we're under. Well, we're not under quarantine. We're under, um, are we still under uh, the uh, court, not quarantine. What's the other thing when you can't go out past a certain time? <laughs> Shelter in place? No, like it's. Oh, under curfew. curfew. Are we still under curfew? No. No. So we're urban. We're back to being urban. We are, we're yeah, we're we urban again. Yeah. Never um, stop being, but for the sake of this show, we're urban again. Yeah. Urban lives matter. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the, uh spell with the letter u that's the same spelling for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com send us your comments questions concerns show ideas and if you're an independent artist we'll play your music for absolutely free uh we eventually want to get back to the indie instagram of the week yeah i forgot about that we have abandoned that but we will come back to it uh soon and very soon um and if you want to listen to us on the go uh, to annoy, uh, avoid that 
um, weird looking guy <laughs> on the bus who asks you to bite this sandwich. What? People will know what show I'm referencing when I say that. <laughs> okay, I thought that happened in real life. No. Okay. So the, the man asks you to bite this sandwich or the uh, annoying co-worker who, uh, what, what are they talking about this week? Uh, why why Beyonce should be should play Storm in Black Panther two? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, if she shows up, <laughs> I I already didn't care for the first one, <laughs> like because it was your your Marvel schlock of of an of a um you know a, a origin story. But I swear to God, if Beyonce plays Storm, I'll protest. <laughs> That's my BLM. I will protest. <laughs> Black um, Panther lives matter. <laughs> Please don't. So, <laughs> so to avoid the coworker who is so excited about that, um, you can uh, put in your earbuds or your ear pods and listen to us on the go. If you have an iPhone, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. If you have an Android, you can listen to us on Google Podcast and a lot of other podcast aggregate apps, uh, TuneIn Radio, uh, CastBox, Overcast, Auto Radio, um, Satchel Podcast Player, the Podcast App, mm-hmm. Castro Ca- Castro Podcast, and Pocket Cast. And if you want to search for us by, uh, by, is there a search engine for podcasts? Yes, there is. It's listennotes.com. Yep. Uh, if you want to search uh, our last episode, we talked about music management. So yes. if you type that, our interview with Melinda Santiago. Shout out to Melinda. Uh, you you search music management, you should find our episode or uh, any other topic we may have talked about. Uh, you got served. Um, <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, Incubus, yep. um, George Michael. Uh, we've, we've talked about a lot. Not everything, but we've talked about a lot. So you you should be able to find us by searching us. Listennotes.com. Okay. So um, we're, we're trying to look at what happened in the news this past week. Um and there's not a whole lot that we could go into depth about. Um, I did see that um, uh, Dave Grohl, Billie Eilish, and Lady Gaga and more go to Congress to ask Congress to support independent music venues. Okay. I, that's a worthy cause. Uh, so I definitely can appreciate that. Um, a lot of we're seeing, you know, it, it started with D Nice. But a lot of DJs are doing, uh, or a lot of a lot of musicians that we know of, are doing their DJ sets on the uh, on the gram, or on Twitch, or Facebook, wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been seeing that, um, and uh, that's about it. I mean, any have you been? How, how what music have you been listening to? recently uh anything new or anything you just felt like going back to so a lot of going back to stuff um went back to some um because i'm doing a lot of recording lately of music so um listening to some of the because i don't care about making stuff that's going to sell i am a 35 year old balding um call center manager i know i'm not gonna make it so i'm making the music i like and so that's late 90s to mid 90s pop rock and early 90s adult contemporary and I make no bones about it so 
Um, I've been listening to a lot of Bruce Hornsby um, and a lot of um, just pop rock. I was, I was listening to the Vertical Horizon album, but mm. really the last few days, a lot of Bruce Hornsby um, mm. coming to the realization that he was a much better musician and writer than maybe history has given him credit for. Um, he is more than just, that's just the way it is. Like he wasn't a one hit wonder, but like he kind of like is a one album wonder Yeah, at best. And he's got so much good material out there and he's such a great writer. And, you know, he was, he wrote, I can't make you love me by Bonnie Raitt and wrote, um, the end of the innocence by Don Henley. He wrote Jacob's ladder for Huey Lewis. Yeah. Jacob. Was... Yeah. So he's, he's more than what people might think he is. Has a really good um because he has a lot of live albums because he just loves to perform, right? Um, you know, did a whole thing with Ricky Skaggs. Um, he has. Well, uh, we talked about how he famously performed at Woodstock '99, and no one <laughs> we didn't even know. <laughs> um, but uh, he has a really good live version of the End of the Innocence, <laughs> which is it's really good. It's just him. I was listening to. It, I was like, wait, this isn't his song. It's it's a Don Henley song, but he's singing it, and it sounds really cool. So, um. That that's kind of been a lot of what I've been listening to lately. What about you? Uh, I've been listening to um, some rock music that I listened to in my youth. Oh yeah, as a ute, <laughs> yeah, as a young ute. Uh, so uh, bands like Filter and Orgy and Tantric, uh, the Exes. Whoa, um, Exes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I remember they had a they had a song on MVP Baseball 2005. Did they really? Was it My Goddess? It was um, Without. Okay. <clears throat> I found them something on on MTV, but then they were in they're in rock band. Hmm. So My Goddess was the they're supposed to be the single they were pushing, but like um, they had a song in rock band that got kind of popular. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah that. That used to break a lot of bands back then. That's you know, get it on rock band. Yeah, Axes. I forgot about them, man. That's a good. That's a good call. Yeah, and uh, Edema. Um, there's a band I, I I only heard one song by them, but I heard it on MTV too. There's a band called Rival Schools. I've heard of them, but I've not heard anything by them. Uh, and another band I heard on MTV too called uh, At the Drive In. Oh, I love At the Drive In. They were. Um, I know they were on um, Grand Royal, which was the the Beastie Boys label. Yeah, they were. Um, they were anarchist punk. They were like the MC Five, like a modern day MC Five almost. Yeah. Um, but then, so the two of them, two or three of them, went on to form the Mars Volta. So that's the same singer. <laughs> he I, just I, somehow yeah, got better. Just hit me. Just hit me. Yeah. Yeah. It's it like um, Omar, and I forget the name of the. I mean, they're all from like um, Southern California. Um, yeah, but they they went on to be the Mars Volta, which was really weird because it's just like the Mars Volta is just like progressive, like really progressive artsy band. And like at the drive, is it one arm scissor? Yeah. Such a raucous song. <laughs> that song, I still don't know what that song is about. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's just so damn energetic. Yeah. Have you ever, have, you seen the videos, right? I I haven't seen the I haven't seen the one arm scissor video in a long time. Okay, yeah, it's just like insane. Like they're just going absolute ape shit at their sh- at their shows. <laughs> but yeah, that's that is a band I haven't heard in a while too. Yeah, uh, so I'm listening to bands such as that, um, taking me back to to high school. 
Man. As far as what I was listening to, the rock music I was listening to and didn't want to tell people about because I'm a black kid. Yeah. And, and, and uh, that is sh- it is shameful to do it. At suffering in silence. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, you like corn and not the food? Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been going back to listening to that. Um, and I made I've, I've been making more and more playlists. Of course. Yeah, if you guys ever get a chance, follow him. He has a ton of playlists, <laughs> and a lot of them are very entertaining. I follow, uh, I follow quite a few of them. Um, I'm working on one. Uh, I, it, there are so many that I'm, I'm just trying to pick the best cover of a, a particular. I'm working on a Beatles cover list. Please do because their covers of their songs are much better than their versions. So, but there's some that I didn't even know were done, like, um. The Supremes have, uh, and they had an album called A Taste of Liverpool or A Little Bit of Liverpool, mm-hmm. and they did like four Beatles songs. Really? Interesting. Did you ever hear Aretha Franklin's cover of um, Eleanor Rigby? I, it's on that list. Okay. It's on the list. I uh, feel like she didn't even try to sing the melody. <laughs> she just Aretha Franklin did. <laughs> um, there's uh, uh, Otis Redding did a cover Day Tripper. Okay, I, I bet it's good too. Uh, Ella Fitzgerald. I think I've heard it actually. Ella Fitzgerald did "Can't Buy Me Love." Um, Sarah Vaughn as a cover of "Blackbird." Um, of course, Billy Preston had to be on here. He he did eight days a week. <laughs> well, he was the most talented Beatles. No well, he, let yes. me rephrase that because Paul and George were uh, not Paul and George. Paul and John were good writers, but like Billy the Preston best was, was like Billy Preston. so good. <laughs> As a musician, if you don't believe me, listen to the solo on Get Back by him and tell me he does not show up. Um, John Lennon, I think John Lennon, or George, I can't remember if it was John or George. I think John played the solo, the guitar solo. And then, like, you have Billy Preston come in there, this kick ass keyboard solo, and it is so good and so much better. And, like, it's like, you know, that meme of like Tiger was looking back angry? Yeah. Like, they look back and I'm like, man this is like our song like, <laughs> billy preston man he was so good yeah so um i, I haven't made it public yet um but there's still i got like 30 songs right now what did what did billy well don't tell me i'll just i'll see it on the on the release date i'll see it on the release oh, okay date. well i already said what song he did oh i didn't i think i didn't hear you uh, eight days a week okay nice nice yeah i and i it follow sounds like and and now comparing it to I don't know if he played on the Beatles recording of eight days a week. Yeah. But it sounds like (laughs) I get to feel that he he was on there. Yeah. I follow your Sting playlist, your Fleetwood Mac. I follow the, um, I think I follow the Stevie Wonder one. I follow, is there a Phil Collins one? Because I think I follow that one too. Well, it's it's Phil Collins Collins and Genesis Genesis and Peter Gabriel. (laughs) <laughs> and Michael the Mechanics. I wonder how many people knew that these bands were, are these artists were all related. Oh, and people know that right. Peter Gabriel was the singer for Phil, for um, I was about to say the Phils, <laughs> for Genesis before they became you know Genesis. Like before, people really knew them. Like it's, I don't even think I've ever heard anything they've done with him. I had never went back. It's, I've tried to listen to it. Um. If you like early, yes. 
No. Like <laughs> before Owner of a Lonely Heart, all the and before Roundabout. Yes, like I the like stuff Roundabout, but not I don't like the early. Stuff before that. <laughs> early yes is early Genesis. Well, I mean, listening to like current Peter Gabriel <laughs> is kind of hard. Like after the eighties, I guess he was just like, All right, I did what I wanted to do and like it's just, you know, this ain't Salisbury Hill, man. Like it's nah. just something I mean, he ain't weird, but it's just not like, you know, he ain't getting on the radio. No. And you kind of see where it came from. Like, oh, okay, that's what he was. Yeah, that's okay. why he got kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because, like, I listen to, like, I think it's like um, Abacab or Akabak. I can't think of the name of the song. But, like, I listen to that and I'm like, I hear a little bit of that old Genesis kind of coming through. <laughs> but like Phil Collins is like, ah, nope, 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 nope. You got too many runs there. Like take that out <laughs> and let's put some melody in here. Like you can be musical and you can still have good music too. I think Toto taught us that. Yes. Toto was extremely musical um, and had great melodies. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I, but really, I think Toto was like the best mix. Like, Everyone in that band could outplay everyone else that you know. But then when they needed to like actually write a song, they're like, okay, let's write Rosanna. And they did it. <laughs> <laughs> but then even playing Rosanna, it's like every part is like really, really hard. Yeah. I have to show it's- you, there's a video of about Jeff Picaro, and he talks about that technique that he uses. Oh, yeah, right you hand. showed me. You showed me that video. Well, there's another one. Some guy who. Oh, um, there's a, okay. Because there's a video where he's teaching you. Yeah. But then there's another video where this guy goes in depth and he learns about because it's a 16th note pattern that he's playing. And normally, drummers, and this is kind of technical for if drummers will know this, most of the time you're playing 16th notes. Like with the 16th note, there's a 1 E and a 2 E and a 1 E and a 2 E and a. You're playing it with two hands, with two sticks. He's doing it with one hand. <laughs> And he's like, he did that because he said he noticed that playing it with two hands versus playing with one hand sounded different. So he developed a (laughs) one-hand technique that he used on all the Toto tracks. And I didn't realize he played on um, I Keep Forgetting by Michael McDonald. Yeah. He employs it on that. He's like, it just sounds different. That's where he came up with the technique. He just was like, it just sounded different. And he's like, I don't mind doing it. I just don't like to do it like first because it tires out my hand. <laughs> but I was like, that's very interesting. He like picked up, yeah, it just sounds different. So you got to do it with one hand. got to figure it out a way. And I mean, for the record, that is very hard to do with like 16th notes with one hand. That's very tough, especially at some of the tempos he was doing it at. Um, yeah, I, I've only seen the one where he where he was showing the beat and how he combined Bo Diddley yeah. and the Purdy Shuffle and uh, – John Bonham. Yeah, John Bonham's Fool in the Rain. And there was one more. It was like four different things. Yeah, it was. He was so creative. I mean, I know the shuffle became his thing and he was he was more than just the shuffle. But like he was so good at them at playing all of them that like it just it was just so cool. So like he just got known for putting it on songs like every boss gag song he played on had a shuffle (laughs) because he was just so good at it. Like. Yeah, it's yeah. Rest in peace, man. That sucks that he, you know, he's no longer yeah. around. I can only imagine like what he would have continued to be. I think he would be heralded kind of like a Bernard Purdy is yeah. right now. Because if you ever Bernard Purdy pops up into random places <laughs> <laughs> and like will jam with people, and he still got it. Dude's probably like pushing seventy something, and he still got it. Yeah, still got it, man. Man's a national treasure. <laughs> 
Um, let's uh, take a look at the charts here and look at songs that we probably had not listened to at all. Because um, we're old, man. Yes. Yeah. We're going back 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the Billboard 100, number one this week, and it was number one last week. Uh, Rockstar by The Baby featuring Roddy Rich. Number two, Savage, Megan Thee Stallion featuring Beyonce. I know that one. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, Blinding Lights uh, by The Weeknd. Number four, Say So by Doja Cat featuring Nicki Minaj. Um, All the stuff that has come up about Doja Cat hasn't stopped people from listening to this song. Nope. (laughs) It it bops. That's what they say now. It's a a bop. It slaps. (laughs) It slaps. (laughs) Oh, God. We are so old. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Number five, Intentions, Justin Bieber featuring Quavo. Uh, I do wonder if uh, that song was bought using credit cards. Oh, I forgot we did talk about that. I I wouldn't be surprised cuz it's not really that good of a song. I'm I haven't heard it. It's yeah, it's just it's not his best. Um hang still hanging around at number 6, The Tusi Slide by Drake. I, I that has to be TikTok. TikTok is upholding that song oh, right yeah. now. Number 7, Roses by St. John. Never heard it. I have not heard of this song. <laughs> Number eight, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa, which I found out is her real name. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even have to change. Um, the album is actually, I've heard like four songs. Mm-hmm. I, it's its pretty good. Yeah, if, I hear it you, on a daily basis. If you, like, <laughs> if you like early 80s music, like specifically bef- between... 81 and 84. Mm-hmm. That's what the that's what the, her, the album reminds me of from what I've heard so far. Yeah, I think it has the quality of, but it's getting recognition, the quality of emotion by Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah. But it's getting the attention. Like I, granted, some of these songs I'm, I'm, I wish I could stop hearing. That is how <laughs> catchy they are. Like they are so well written. Like I, I, I haven't looked up the writers, but whoever she's got writing with her, top notch. Um, it's some people who are like mm-hmm. artists in their own right. Mm-hmm. It's a few different writers, but she's a co-writer on all of them. <laughs> but it's not like I don't think there's Max Martin or Doctor Luke. Yeah, it doesn't sound or like Stargate him. or yeah. you know any of the usual or Benny Blanco. Yeah, those I, guys aren't on there at all. It sounds <laughs> like it would be. This feels weird to say. A bunch of European guys is what it sounds like. Like where. Yeah. That type of music is still kind of cool. Dis- As we said, disco didn't die in Italy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's still popping over there. It sounds like it's probably like some guys from that region of of the continent, because it's like you said, it's got that early '80s vibe to it. It's so catchy. Yeah, a lot of slap bass. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know that it's being pushed a lot because the videos I've seen, I'm like, oh, these are expensive. Mm-hmm. They spent money. Yeah. <laughs> These are expensive videos. Um, number nine is The Box by Roddy Rich, so that's still hanging around. And in number 10, Rain On Me uh, by Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. And it was number one two weeks ago. So, like, since our last episode, it debuted and went to number one. Yeah, not a bad track. Not a bad track. 
Um, I don't know where Lady Gaga is going with this one, but hey, she got an Oscar now, so she yeah. she got it. She got to do something. Everyone's just, done with that. So. Yeah, <laughs> we're all done with Shallow. Time time to do something else. Have you seen that movie yet? No. Okay, me either. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all think this that should be an episode? It's gonna be a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Billboard 200, number one. Um, my Turn by Lil Baby. Number two, uh, he had the song uh, The Bigger Picture, which is getting pretty popular um, in light of recent events. Number two, Chromatica by Lady Gaga. It debuted at number one last week. Um, I've only heard that one song. Yeah, same. <laughs> and I heard it from an Echo commercial. <laughs> <laughs> number three, Wanna by Gunna. Number four, High Off Life. By Future. Number five, Dark Lane Demo Tapes from Drake. Number six, Blame It on the Baby by The Baby. Blame It on Baby by The Baby. Number seven, The Goat by Polo G. Number eight, Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. Number nine, Eternal Lataki by Lil Uzi Vert. And number 10, The Weekend uh, After Hours. All right, let's look at the Artist 100. Uh, she put out an album last week. She's a holdover. Okay. Uh, Lady Gaga. <laughs> uh, she was actually number one last week. So, yeah, yeah she's, she's still up there. Hanging strong. Number two, The Weeknd. Number three, Luke Combs. I, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just because he's a fun guy. <laughs> uh, I, I don't get that one. Uh, number four, Post Malone. Number five, Lil Baby. Number six, The Baby. Number seven, Drake. Number eight, Roddy Rich. Number nine, Harry Styles. Yeah, okay. All right. Sure. And uh, <laughs> number 10, Billie Eilish. I know Harry Styles came out with a new song. Oh, right? did he? Oh, I don't know. I feel like he did. Billie mm -hmm. Eilish, she come out with a new song too? I don't know. I, I don't remember. Uh, But yeah, so that's the, the, art, the top 10 of the artist 100. I know she got a lot of... Um... <laughs> This made me laugh. She got a lot of um, praise on Twitter for writing a song, a whole song during quarantine. A whole song. Let that sink in, America. That's that's where we are right now. <laughs> when just, what, 10 years ago, I auditioned for a show. And the challenge was to write a song in 30 minutes. <laughs> but then again, I was the only person to finish my song. So, yeah, that's that's where we are. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. Um, Whole song. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's like, Drake, not Drake, Kanye West made a beat every day for like a summer. <laughs> like in this. Yeah, whatever. Ah, oh, man. No, no, the song goes, he made five beats a day. Oh, yeah, five beats a day. For three summers. Yeah, that's what he did. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's, he's freaking Kanye West. Don't sleep on him, y'all. He's just a little lost right now. He ain't coming back. I think he will. Someone's going to Someone's gonna have his, uh, well, I don't want to quote Paul Mooney on here, so never mind. <laughs> his wake-up call. And if you don't know what I mean, look it up. He has some, Paul Mooney talks about those wake-up calls that you get. Why did that make me think of the movie The Drop Squad? I don't know. I don't know. Are you familiar with that? I'm not familiar with that. What's the Drop Squad? This movie came out in the 90s. Um, it had Eric LaSalle, 
Oh, geez. Uh, during at the height of his ER fame, I think, <laughs> and he played like some ad executive where he made some commercial where it was really offensive, and mm-hmm. so the black the black community came and got him, and Uh-oh. they kidnapped him and tried to tell him that he's doing wrong. I've never heard <laughs> Vondi Curtis Hall is in it. I like him. Yeah, he was he was the leader of the the black community that kidnapped Rames. <laughs> Okay, there's some pretty good people in here. I like I like Vondi Curtis Hall. He was in um the first season of Daredevil. He was very, very good. And guess what? What? Oh, this a this a this a tease, y'all. He directed glitter. Vondi Curtis Hall? Directed glitter. <laughs> Do you love him now? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ben just put his head in his hands. <laughs> I'm going to assume that if he could talk to himself, his younger self, he might say, I mean, take the paycheck, bro. Take the paycheck. <laughs> Get paid. That's insane. Why, why would he do that? Yeah. That's so stupid. Oh, man. Well, uh, that's enough music news. Um, Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. (sighs) I'm sad. Oh, God, it's true. I was hoping you were joking. (laughs) (sighs) I know Vidi Curtis Hall for like a handful of things. I know he was in Coming to America. He was the guy at the uh, selling the popcorn. Um, I know he was in Eve's Bayou, and uh, he was he played Lloyd Price in the Don King movie with Ving Rhames. They love to make fun of uh, Eve's Bayou, but he on directed the Glitter. Show. That's insane. Okay, directed so Glitter, <clears throat> well, this song will make me happy because I love this song. Um, I don't know where these guys are from. Um, they're kind of a they're called the band Camino. And um, I heard this on some drummer that I follow on Instagram. She was covering it. Um, it sounds huge. It's a really big sounding song. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just really catchy. You just got to hear it. Yeah. All right. So this is Daphne Blue by the band Camino. And we'll be right back.
All right, that is Daphne Blue by the band Camino from their album called Try Hard. <laughs> That's the name of the album? Yeah. I have a drum setting on my e-kit called Try Hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was a Try Hard when I made it. I'm, Sean Penn is not on the cover of this album. <laughs> oh, God, the tryhards. Um, so, yeah, you can find that on our BTTYHT Earworms playlist. I wonder if he'd be mad if you're like, Daniel Day-Lewis is better than you and he doesn't try hard. <laughs> he doesn't try as hard. <laughs> oh, God, he didn't have to make an I Am Sam. He didn't have to, and he still... Yeah, so whatever. Okay. I actually uh, another a movie he directed, um, Into the Wild. Yeah. Um, Who Daniel Day Lewis or Sean Penn? Sean Penn. Okay. They uh, wherever the because it's based on a true story mm-hmm. of this guy who graduated college and then he just gave up all his stuff. I think I've heard of and this went to go live in the forest. <clears throat> and uh, yeah. Um, I, I think he had Emil Hirsch in it, hmm. but Sean Penn wrote and directed it, I think. And I just feel like, no, nah, this is going to be too, it's going to be heavy handed for no reason. <laughs> and he is trying to win an Oscar. He, like he, like I said, he tries to win an Oscar with every line. He's he trying to win an Oscar with this movie. He put it out in like October like, <laughs> for your consideration. <laughs> See? It came out in October. See? Oh, God. <laughs> He was trying. Oh God, this movie was two and a half hours long. <laughs> Didn't even need to be that long. Oh man. God. Oh God. If I ever meet Sean long. Penn, I will. I will tell him to his face, "You try way too hard. <laughs> you try too hard for no reason. Oh, God. you got two Oscars, and only one of them you probably actually deserve. What did he? Was it Milk? Did he get an Oscar he, for Milk? He, he won for Milk, and he won for Mystic River. I never saw Mystic River. Wasn't that Kevin Costner film? No, no. Um, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. It. Yeah, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I, I, I can't watch his movies. They're too slow. Like I, can't, <laughs> like, I just can't. Like, he makes movies like you would back in the 60s. Or so. I just can't. Uh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I hope I'm there when you meet him. Just to say. <laughs> Try too oh, hard. God. Okay. Um. So we started this particular episode uh, with uh, the song All Right by Janet Jackson from Rhythm Nation 1814. The Shep Pebitone mix, right? Uh, well, it didn't, it didn't say that. Oh, I think I, I But think I'm he sure did. there is one. Yeah, he did a lot of remixes <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> um, so uh, we're doing a Because Five of Janet Jackson songs. So we we have our top five Janet Jackson songs, two honorable mentions. And uh, for those who don't remember, it's called Because Five, Because uh, Five. Yeah. This one says top reason. five. I mean, mm-hmm. we do the honorable mentions, but that's just to play more music, yeah. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, what we have, we have our top five and uh, this spans her entire discography even though I don't think either of us went past uh, all for you on nah. this. <laughs> um, because we're old men who can't 
who can't get into today. We can't take change. Get off of my lawn. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me get this ready here. All right. Then tell us about your first honorable mention. All right. So this one was not actually from a original studio release. This is from Design of a Decade, I believe. Um, Runaway by, well, I mean, does by Janet Jackson, but yeah, Runaway. It's my first choice. Um, it's a very pretty song, production-wise. It's a very pretty song. Um, I feel like she was trying to make Escapade again. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I liked Esca- I liked Escapade, but I really liked this one a little bit more. Um, just because of the production on it. You know, I mean, it's it's not a... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get it. Escapade was in the 80s. This was in the 90s. So, it's you know, there's just going to be more that you can do in the 90s than you could do in the 80s. But I just really like the world sound of this one. And also like the little nod at the end that she does. I always thought it was cute. Where she tries to hit the note and she doesn't. But they keep it in anyway. And she says it. She says, didn't quite hit that one. And says it and they keep it in. <laughs> I always thought that was kind of cool. Um, which kind of goes to what will be a running theme, at least for me. And I think Melinda said this in last week's episode. Chance, that's not the best singer. No. Um, and that's okay. Um, you know, you're coming from one of the more talented families of all time. So there's bound to be a miss. Yeah. So, but she still made it, you know, she's still, you know, she wasn't the best singer, but you know, they're not singing Tito songs. Let's just, let's be real about that. So. <laughs> She's made a career for herself. Doesn't matter if she's the best singer or not. She's got she she has paired herself with really really talented people, and has put out really really good material. And she's really she's a good entertainer too. So yeah, um, <clears throat> looking at the chart performance for this, uh, it was number three on the Hot 100. Yeah, she was pretty big at the time. I mean, this was yeah, around this the was, time she signed the huge, 95, the hundred million dollar deal, right? Like a couple of out, al- like an album ago, like for the Janet album, she signed the hundred million dollar deal, and um, it was the biggest since. And I think then her brother beat her <laughs> a little bit later, but yeah, I mean it was, yeah, this was when she was very, very, very big. And this, oh, is, it is. Um, she signed a multi million dollar contract with Virgin Records, estimated between thirty two million and fifty million, making her the highest paid recording artist at the time. Yeah. So yeah, she go. was on top of the world at that point, man. Married a backup dancer, I think, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was after after Janet, and she. This was a time where you could still tour, tour yeah. for a couple years <laughs> on, on your own one album. And she was talented enough to really do it. I mean, she was um, outside of being. I mean, in that family, had to be a good dancer. I think. Um, I don't think she's as good as her brother, but she's still a very good dancer. Um, and I, I, I think that added to her aesthetic as a performer um, to where you didn't care that she wasn't the greatest singer. She had good, catchy songs because Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis made sure of that. And then she was good, you know, fun to watch. So, yeah. All right. So that's your first honorable mention. My first honorable mention is uh, from the album All For You. And it's uh, Someone To Call My Lover. Um, I like this song because mm-hmm. of the... I like the the sample of uh, America, mm-hmm. 
that's the name of the band, y'all. America's <laughs> Ventura Highway. Uh, I, I like that song. Um, and I like how they incorporated it and, and made it poppy. Um, and this is the original version. There's a remix version. I think the video was played on BET. Um, uh, this was another song that hit number three on the Hot 100. And this was 2001. So it was coming towards the end of her run, I think you might say. But yeah, the classic era. Yeah. Of um, which decade and a half. That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good run. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like the acoustic guitar going into the, the, the dance pop of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it meshes really uh, meshes really well, and I think a lot of people didn't even know that it was sampled. I think her. Oh, I'm younger sure they fans, didn't. Yeah. Um, there was definitely something I found out later. Uh, but yeah. then I, I found out about the band America after that. So, yeah, I don't think I knew. I'm trying to think if I knew at the time. I can't remember. I think I did though, but I'm not sure. I'm not going to sit here and say I did. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this was the third single off of the album yeah i forget about how big that album was yeah um more songs because i had the son of a gun yeah um, i didn't realize that was on that well, album. i thought that was later Me i felt like that was later yeah we're, we're yeah yeah we're just <laughs> our you know it's almost 20 years ago but to, to me it was yesterday <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um that's my first honorable mention ben what is your second one all right my second one if you would have asked me 20 years ago, it would have been my first one, but it has fallen. Um, and that is I Get Lonely um, from The Velvet Rope. And truth be told, I do prefer the remix. Both are good. I, li- I loved the first one. And then the remix took it up to 10. Like I was at nine. And then the remix came out and took me to 10. And it's just like a really, really fun song. I don't know if I fully got it when that when it came out it was 97 98 so i was what maybe 12 <laughs> so i might not have 12 or 14 i don't remember but i just you know if i who knew if i really got it or not but i just knew that it was like really catchy and it was like danceable and i just loved it man it just had that nice little melody to it like uh and then you had the remix with with uh, Timbaland and hitting his little mouth beats and stuff. I don't know what you would call that, but beatboxing. Yeah, beatboxing. There you go. Mouth beats. Yeah, I just <laughs> like that that picture of the high kid that can't think of what to say. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, this is this is a, this was a Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis song, of course, right? Yes, and also co-written by her now ex-husband Renee Elizondo. Okay, was he the one who was the uh, backup dancer? No, um, he was a writer. Yeah, he was. Was he your backup dancer? No, it says he was just a writer. I might have been. Maybe I'm thinking of Janet. No, he was uh, a backup dancer to Latoya Jackson. Oh, okay, so he was a backup dancer at a certain point. Good for you, Renee. Good for you. This is a, that's that's good. I wonder if they're at first were like, why are you bringing this guy in? <laughs> He's like he has ideas. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I say, that's not bad, you know. But we Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis sitting here in our suits and hat. 
Uh, this song was her 18th consecutive top 10 hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, the longest streak by a female artist. And <laughs> the only acts with longer with a longer streak are Elvis and the Beatles. It's a good company to be in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, it's just such a... Oh, they call it the TNT remix with the uh, Black oh. Street. That's what it's called. Oh, okay. I, I don't know why they call it the TNT. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> it says it has an electro R&B instrumental produced by Timbaland and Teddy Riley. Because Teddy Riley's just awesome. Oh, Timbaland and Teddy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, just got that. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just got that. The t- Okay. Okay. He still can't win no Instagram battle, though. Because <laughs> he do too much. All right. My second um, honorable mention is... Uh, wait, is this the same album? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, it is uh, All For You, the title track. Um, <laughs> another fun sample. What uh, did she sample? Because I know it's a sample, but I, I just can't place it. She sampled... Um, <laughs> oh, this crap. Uh, it's sampled... Um, what is the name of that song? Uh, it sampled this uh, glow of love okay. by Change. Uh, people credit it to Luther Vandross because he had the lead vocals, but oh, really? it was a group called yeah. Change. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jimmy oh. Jam and Terry Lewis would later work with Change, but they didn't do this. They didn't write the original. They didn't write the glow of love. I just realized she's she's got auto tune on this one. Early use of auto tune. It's in, it's in the it's in intro. And auto tune was fairly oh, yeah. new at this time. Yeah. Because Believe had only come out like a couple of years yeah. prior, maybe. Yeah. That's funny. Um. Hmm. Yeah. I just I never I don't know how I never noticed that before. I mean, for all we know, though, she's probably using it all the time. <laughs> Let's just be real. Your favorite artists are probably using auto-tuning you don't know. And that's, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, yeah. This was this was a number one song on the Hot 100. Uh, it went platinum in the in these here United States. Let's <laughs> um, see if she won awards for it. Uh, she won a, a Grammy for Best Dance Recording. Yes. No VMAs, though? Um, hmm. it wasn't nominated for any VMAs. No, I'm trying to remember from the um, what was the video? Uh, I think it like took. Wait, there might be a different song. Yeah, it was nominated for Video of the Year, um, Best Dance Video and Best Choreography. Oh, was it? Yeah. I, I, okay. It won the award for Best Dance Video at the International Dance Music Awards. I didn't even know that was a thing. There's too many awards, man. I think that's Italy's influence because change is basically Italian disco, like mm-hmm. 
we, you know, we talked about disco didn't die in Italy. <laughs> it didn't. So it, this is, this is, it evolved into, if you hear the, hear the band change in their early stuff, it, it, it turned into that. So, yeah. All right. So that was my second honorable mention. Ben, we're at number five. Number five. All right. So this is a song I was obsessed with as a kid. This is if by Janet Jackson. Um, if you have seen the video, you'll understand why a young boy of probably age uh, between age 12, 13 or 14 years old would love, love this song. Um, I'm not even going to sit here and lie like I didn't like I watched the video at first because I love the song. The song just grew on me. <laughs> she looks great in this video. Um, it's a good song. It's very reminiscent of some of the um because this is on Janet, correct? So this right. was it was very similar, reminiscent to some of the heavier tracks on Rhythm Nation. And it just like she sings with this like really kind of a low, not growl, but kind of a just almost kind of like a rasp yeah, on the verse. Like um T Boz. Yes, very similar to T Boz. Um and as you can and it's really cool and the main thing about it is of course there's a um i think it's a diana ross sample in the dance break that which is one of my favorite dance breaks ever um it's so cool i tried to learn it i can't dance so of course I. uh what was that event at video West night Jordan? yeah yep, yeah video yeah. night um uh, yeah. yeah one sorority i guess yeah so video night essentially was a night where all the fraternities and sororities even the black ones got together and like did like choreographed numbers to popular songs and the closer you could get to the song and the video the better and there was one year where some i can't remember what sorority it was came out and like did this song and did the choreography and this song yeah. did it pretty damn well <laughs> Had the outfit and everything. And to show how long ago this was, wasn't like three different sororities used gossip folks. Oh yes, <laughs> that was the that was the track at the time. Yeah. Everyone came out there in the jumpsuits, like from the video. Um, that was like the song of the night. How old was this? Um, one of the songs they played during the break was "In the Club" by Fifty Cent. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone knew. It. Yeah. Everyone knew all the words. Yeah, that was when I realized like Fifty Cent's kind of popular. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, this this song is so cool. The video is interesting. Like it's other than her looking good, it's it's like in China or some somewhere overseas in some club um, where she's performing and like you've got like Asian businessmen, yeah, like drinking and stuff. It's a very weird video. Um, but like this was this is when Janet started just becoming a little more alternative. She got the red hair. Um, yeah, it was it was just different, you know, and but the song was just such a fun song, and I just remember as a kid like just listening to this song nonstop. After you know falling in love with her in the video, and then just loving the song, and, and then this part right here is like the best part of the whole thing. This sample. Of course, as a kid, didn't know that was a sample. Had to learn it later, but like. To think of this in like an R&B song, like this is such an absurd breakdown to having an R&B song in the 90s. Like it's, but Janet Jackson could take those risks because she was Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I was looking at the uh, the chart performance here. It went to number four. Uh, it was number one, the number one, a uh, number one dance club uh, song, of course. Yeah, she made a lot of dance music yeah. back then. And this is considered um, trip hop and new jack swing and industrial. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I definitely hear the industrial sounds in the in the drum because to me, industrial is just like, does your snare sound like it has metal in it? Yeah. That's industrial. <laughs> um. At least that's what I, I call it. <laughs> um, and that's because I, you know, that's what I get from Nine Inch Nails. But yeah, I could hear, you know, mixed with the like the really just distorted synth sounds and stuff. Yeah, it's got some industrial sound to it. All right. So my number five, um, I I have, I'm almost certain Ben is not familiar with this song, <laughs> but it's from Janet. And um, it's a song called Throb. I am not familiar with this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is, it's a house music song. It's, it would probably cons- be considered an instrumental, mm-hmm. but there's some lyrics in there. It's not a whole lot of lyrics. <laughs> um, it's a lot of Janet moaning <laughs> and, <laughs> and saying DJ make me wet a lot. What? Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh god, yeah, this is house. This, this, this is house. So, this is house. This is nine oh nines. But yeah, this was this was a. Um, I don't know if Netflix had. I don't know if Netflix still has the entire SNL library on there still. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, once upon a time they did, and uh, when Janet was a guest on SNL, yeah. She performed anytime, any place, and throb. They always have the weirdest singles, <laughs> the songs on there that they'll perform. Anytime, any place would be a weird song to perform, but I guess it, it's not about energy; it's an intimate setting. Yeah. But throb, that's this song. And she, of course, like there aren't a whole lot of lyrics. So was right? she dancing? So it was a lot. Li- one, it was with a live band, so it sounds different than this. Mm-hmm. It sounded pretty cool. But it was her and all her dancers just, just freestyling. Interesting. Just for like that out. six minutes. <laughs> I want to see that. How um, did anytime any the anytime any place? I bet that sounded good with a lot uh, of fans. I didn't see that. I have to check that out. That's a good song. That almost made my top, um, my top seven. But yeah, like this. It this sounds like. Uh, CNC Music Factory. Yeah, it sounds like uh, D Light. It sounds like this doesn't sound like her. It it sounds like like all the the New York house music specifically, and um, I I I I don't can't remember how I exactly came across this song, but I think I was looking for um, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, of course, produced the Mo Money soundtrack. And they have a song on there credited as Jam and Lewis mm-hmm. called um, The New Style. Okay. And it's kind of like this to where it's house music and it's all of their like little samples and okay. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a house music, New Jack Swing type of song. Um, but in looking for that, I came across this one. And I had never heard this song before, but it was on Janet's album. 
it's credited to Janet Jackson, so I can put it on this list. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, this is different. But yeah, if you guys find um, her doing this song on SNL, it's just her and her dancers just going off for like five, six minutes. <laughs> and this was like in shape, Janet. Man, she was yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's my number five. Um, ben, what's your number four? My number four, um, and I, I, I told Greg I had to refrain from putting a lot of songs from the Velvet Rope, um, but this is probably my favorite one from the Velvet Rope right now. So we're gonna go with uh, "We Go Deep." Um, this one was a slow burn for me as well, but I ended up loving it. It's a very simple song. There's not much to it. It's got some really interesting production choices. Um, I, I, but it's just interesting. Like, it's just really cool. The video's fun. Like, they crash on Teenager's house and throw a party. Um, hold on. I, I I know who that guy is in the video. Well, I know he was in Even Stevens and something else. I can't remember what else he was in. His name is Ty Hodges. Ty Hodges. I... I I was guessing that last night and I thought I was wrong. I know he plays Larry Bills in Even Stevens, but yeah. Okay, what else has he been in? Um, he was in a he was in a Disney uh, Disney movie called Don't Look Under the Bed. Never saw that one. Uh, he was in the Little Richard movie <laughs> as young Little Richard. Huh. Um, he's on an episode of Boston Public. Am I remember that show? William um, Shatner, right? Or is that's that Boston, Boston legal? legal. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's Boston legal. Same, same guy, same guy who created the show. Okay. Um, he was in Holes. I never saw that, but I know he was in the Even Stevens movie as Larry Beal. Um, Material Girls. I know. I never saw that, but <laughs> that was the the um, the Hillary and Haley Duff travesty. Yeah. Um, I know he directed. He directed, wrote and directed a movie called, uh, I think it's just called Video Girl. And it had Megan Good. Because I think, I don't know if they used to date or they're just best friends. Hmm. Yeah, he uh, he has a, he directed a movie called Video Girl. And did he direct the movie, the Bobby Christina movie that was on TV One? Ty Hodges has been busy, man. <laughs> he's, he's. He's done quite a bit. So this is considered a cameo appearance? Appearance in this well, video? Well, he's like, he he's, like the, the he's like the the main male character in the video. Yeah, I just I didn't think he was big enough at the time for this to be considered a cameo though. Like I didn't know of anything that he did before this. Um he was on an episode of Jet Jackson. Who Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> oh, this this was his second credit according to IMDb. We go deep? Yeah. That's what I thought cuz he I didn't really know much about him before this. I just know he was just like they're trying to, you know, get them out. Another video that was kind of ahead of its time for its use of the steady cam looked like there was a steady cam attached to him. Yeah. As he's trying to get people to stop. Um, and Jenna Jackson and her backup dancers and friends just take over his house. <laughs> and just but just something about the song, just like it's not like you listen to it, it's not a complex song. There's not a lot to it. It just I don't know, man. It's just a fun song. I know I love the bridge. It's a very cool sounding bridge. Um, at that point, that's the at, on the bridge. That's oh, here we go. Yeah, not even much singing on it. Just 
That's just a fun song. And just just all the, the whistles and the... Yeah, it's just something about it. It just, yeah. I don't even know if I could dance to it, but... Never, I can't dance to anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, she has similar songs like that. There's, she has a song called All Night. She has a song called No Sleep. Yeah, so, she likes to party, man. <laughs> Let me see. What did well, they, at least her songs make it seem that way. Oh, I, don't I don't think even, she parties that much. I don't even think this, uh, it didn't, on the Hot 100, didn't chart. Charted on the Dance Club songs, number one. Uh, mainstream, top 40, number 12. Hip-hop, airplay, 11. I felt it was featured on um, Making the Video on was MTV. Maybe, no, it wasn't. I just saw I saw it on TRL. Okay. All right, so that was number four, right? Yes. No, yes. That was my number four. Okay, so my number four (laughs) is from the same album. And uh, I'll just start playing it. What's what's the next song? Yes. The one about me. See, this is why I just, I couldn't. I mm, mm, I love this song, man. But I didn't get it when it first came out, cause I was too immature from a standpoint of my musical tastes. I didn't understand what she was trying to do here. This is such <laughs> a damn good song. Joni Mitchell singing on a neo soul track. Yeah, um, it's, it's beautiful. Felt with this with this song and with the album like. I, I, I haven't like sat down and listened to the Velvet Rope all the way through, but I thought this was like the introspective Neo Soul album, but Go Deep is on that same album. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It is all over the so place. It was, yeah, it is. all Yeah, it's all over the place. But um, uh, I mean, it, it has some good songs on it. Uh, yeah. What I liked about this one is the, the Joni Mitchell sample. Um, and I think I've thought for a while that Q-Tip can be a guest rapper and not really say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like he just does these ad libs throughout the song. Yeah. Yeah. His verse. I don't remember his verse at all. (laughs) Feels kind of sparse. Yeah. I, I, but I, I know what you mean. But that's kind of, but that's his style. Yeah. But I, yeah, I just I did not understand this song when it came out. I did not like it. I remember being really excited when they premiered it on MTV and hearing it and just being like this is it? Like I remember being like that like this is I thought it was boring and I just I didn't have the musical maturity to get it. And I can't explain exactly what... And yeah, read it here. It premiered before the 1997 MTV Video Music Awards, which was like one of my favorite years in music because I was coming into my own. Because I believe that was the same... That was the year that Jamiroquai performed Virtual Insanity mm. and he had the the you know conveyor belt thing on the stage. Yeah. Um, there was a lot going on on those MTV VMAs, but... Yeah, I just didn't get it. And the video even kind of is a little different. Like Mark Romanek... Um, directed it 
who directed the um, he directed the Are You Gonna Go My Way video, and it's just yeah. it's different. It's got people like in like what looks like an old underground juke joint dancing. It's supposed to be a lou- a lounge singer during apartheid. See, I'm, I'm, I was too mature, immature to get it. Too immature. <laughs> and she comes out with the with the hair different, and it was just this entire aesthetic she was going for that I just didn't understand at that age. Yeah, I've always looked at Velvet Rope as emo Janet, but yeah, it, listening to the songs, it's not entirely emo Janet. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this song. Um, it was number six on the dance club charts. Um, number thirty six on the radio. Chart. I don't know. Understand these charts, but it was it was it's a hit to me. So yeah, that's why I I, I enjoy it. So that's my number four. Um, okay, Ben, we're at number three. All right, so number three, um, is "Miss You Much," and these last. Three songs I can kind of say I'm big on the production of them and the arrangement, especially this one, where there's a lot of things that you could do back then in the 80s that you can't do now. You couldn't do in the 90s either, and you definitely can't do now. You could not have a song introduction be this long. Like, you're looking at the time. Time this and let me know when she starts singing. (laughs) Like you, you couldn't do it. Like you got to get to the vocals, and a part. Some of my favorite parts of this song are the opening, and then like the bridge where it has like her just singing the really pretty harmonies. Yeah, I just I like this song a lot. Forty-five seconds. Yeah, you don't you don't do that nowadays. <laughs> you can't do that nowadays. But you know what? That was like almost. Every Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis production, <laughs> the intros are just just go on and on. Yeah, they're good. I mean, they're good writers, and that's it my is. style as a writer. But <laughs> listen to if y'all listen to anything that they did with SOS Band, the songs oh, are yeah. like twelve minutes long. <laughs> you get that uh, the twelve inch version? Yeah, it's just forever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is from Rhythm Nation. Um, it's just it's just got that like to me this isn't even a song that I, I would um, and I guess for sometimes I have to imagine myself playing this song I wouldn't dance this song I could imagine myself playing this song like if I was in her band like I would have fun playing it because it's just so it's just so good man but that intro I love it that's, that's my favorite part of the whole song next to the bridge um, I don't remember this video much, but was there something with a chair? I don't remember the video at all. No, that was Pleasure Principle. Anyway, um, uh, this was, this went to number one on the Hot 100. Yeah. Number one on the dance club charts, the Hot R&B Hip hop songs, which I'm sure it was still called the Black Singles. <laughs> um, now this is curious. What is the U.S. Cash Box top? Oh, that's a magazine. I thought maybe that yeah. was like the Payola charts. Or something. No, not exactly. <laughs> they won't admit to that. 
but yeah this i mean from the powerhouse album um rhythm nation which i know we cover control we didn't cover rhythm nation sometimes we like we don't want to do the obvious control was yeah. the breakout yeah rhythm nation would have been too obvious just like yeah. thriller would have been too obvious yeah sometimes you got to look at oh yeah yeah that bridge man but no sometimes you got to do what's not obvious <laughs> and but i mean make no mistakes about it we understand the importance of this album um and the fact that like yeah just she was just huge man and songs like this are part of the reason I didn't know. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. So it was a, a chair routine because apparently this um, inspired. Um, was it "Stronger" by Britney Spears? Yeah. <laughs> Which I think it took me twenty years to understand that when she said, "My loneliness ain't killing me no more," that that was a callback to "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time." Oh. Yeah, I didn't get. I never thought. Yeah, about that. didn't get it either. <laughs> I might have. I think I got it like maybe three years ago. <laughs> that's 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 what she meant. Because that's because Max Martin is writing all her songs, so he can do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, that was your number three. Mm-hmm. All right. My number three is the same as your number two. Yeah. This is. If we ever do a. Because five on the King of Pop, this would be number one. <laughs> this song is We did. Hold on, we did? Didn't we? I know we covered bad. I didn't think we did top five on him though. Yeah, we would when we did our Michael Jackson month. I think we did top five Michael Jackson songs, and then we did a top five Jackson Five songs. Have we been doing this this long that I'm forgetting episodes? Yeah. Might maybe because <laughs> I think this was on your list. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I love this song. The only other thing I could think of that might be higher than this is I don't know. I think I think I remember that because I think I put Stranger in Moscow on that list because <laughs> I love that song too. Oh man, I'm gonna go back and find that episode then. So, for those who don't know about this song, <laughs> this is Scream, the uh, the duet. With her brother Michael Jackson, which was a I felt like was a long time coming. Yeah, um, two of the biggest pop stars in the world, quite literally. Yeah. They're related. Are related, <laughs> and they, they had grew up in the same house. Never done a song together. Um, well, not never because didn't they do something on? With, well, when they were kids, yeah. they performed together, but sometimes. never anything like this. No, and it did not disappoint. It did not disappoint at all. Um. This is well. Of course, we've always made the the uh, reference that this is one of the most expensive or the most expensive music video yeah. ever made. It cost about eight million dollars uh, at the time, uh, but it was still it was still great for a five minutes, <laughs> yeah. five minute video. Um, I'm here. There's one comedian who who made fun of the song only because. Michael and Janet have such distinctive singing voices. Yeah. That he couldn't understand what they were saying. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason I know is because when I was a a child, a kid. Wait, is this the part? Okay, not yet. After this chorus, I think. Oh, and the silent part? Yeah. Yeah, I had the lyrics. What is Janet talking about? What is is she Yeah, she says, um, 
oh my god i can't believe what i saw on the tv this evening i was disgusted by all the injustice all the injustice all the injustice yeah i had the lyrics as a kid like i was obsessed with this song i almost broke the tape <laughs> when i when i bought the single because i love this song so much they she curses she sings aggressive more aggressive than normal yeah and i think it's probably because you're trying to keep up with one of the most one of the most versatile vocal all right here we go yeah Yeah, I only know that that well because I used to obsess over the lyrics. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I but I think she's she's trying to keep up with Michael, and uh, that can be very guitar difficult. On this song, do you know? I don't know who played guitar on it. Um, I was gonna say Slash, but I don't know if he was. <laughs> I know he played on. Um, I think he, yeah, he played on Black or White. I don't know who played guitar on this album though. I'm sure we could find out though. It kind of sounds a little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Synthesized. Um, so part it might be part synthesized, part real. But let's see. What's the uh, personnel? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, there are a lot of people. Slash played on something, but it, it doesn't say what. Steven Spielberg did the line it like this is... What is happening? <laughs> it's so many. Did I say Jeff Picaro? Okay, so I think they're taking everything because it's history. So oh, they're like. Like all the credits on. Yeah. Because it's, it's like part Jeff greatest Picaro hits, part new stuff. Played on. Um, <laughs> Jeff Picaro played on um, on uh, Beat It. So yeah. he's on there. Nature. Yeah, I was like, okay, why is Jeff Picaro here? He didn't play. Steve Lukather. <laughs> yeah, it's human nature. What did okay? So Eric Gale probably played on something newer because Eric Gale is um, not older. Never mind. I'm thinking of Eric. Never mind. I'm thinking of Eric Gale's the blues guitar player. Never mind. So that probably was something older. Yeah, but yeah, I love that. Oh my god, I can't believe what I saw as I turned on the TV. I was disgusted by all the injustice. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that was your number two. So my number two. Is uh, a song we've covered before. Uh, I like how, like, well, this is one of those long Jimmy Jam materialistic yep. drums, <laughs> of course. But I just like how uh, energetic, energetic it is. It is the Minneapolis sound, uh, <laughs> yeah. which I found to be replacing horns with synthesizers. Yeah. That is a Minneapolis thing. I could imagine some horns playing, a horn section playing that part, which would sound really yeah. cool, but yeah. Uh, what effect is this on her, on her voice? Let me hear again. Oh, so really just throw some echo on there and then take out the bass, turn up the mids and the lows. Okay. Kind of like a telephone effect. Yeah. But yeah, you just, yeah, you take out a lot of the bass um, and just throw throw on a lot of highs and mids. And then she's got like some, like an echo, kind of like a slapback echo effect on her as well. So, um, of course, we, we talked about this album, uh, the episode When You Fire Your Father. 
<laughs> um, and he, uh, Joseph Jackson, Joe Jackson, oversaw the production of her first two albums, mm-hmm. Self-Titled and Dream Street, which were trash, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, they were what they were. I mean, it was, <laughs> what can you do when, you know, you don't have any creative control? Yeah. You do what they want. <laughs> so, um, and she also was on the TV show Fame, which again, I, it looks like she hated doing. Yeah. And then she married James DeBarge of DeBarge. Um, and then they that later got annulled. So she had done a couple of things before she turned 20. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but with this song, um, uh, it's it, it was a, it was a turn. This yeah. was this was this was the turn for her career as far as uh, how like the aggressiveness of her of her songs of her music um the attitude she wanted to project yeah and you saw the new edition movie when they said control was about janet you know becoming a woman yep um so this was part of her growing up and this is kind of the attitude that she took on and that i mean that's that's kind of what i enjoy about the song yeah um and the, and the production. I, I, I really enjoy 80s R&B. Some people totally like, <laughs> you know, hear some women say, I want to love like like 90s R&B. What about 80s, 80s R&B? R&B? Yeah. Maybe 80s R&B was too fun. I don't know. Like, <laughs> is, is that, is yeah, is it too fun? Is it too many keyboards? I just feel like you just like D'Angelo. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and Erica Badu. <laughs> and that's Erica as far Badu. as your 90s R&B knowledge goes. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, we've talked about this song before. Number three on the Hot 100, number one on the Black Singles. Um, uh, this is, I don't, I wouldn't say this is her signature song, but um, this isn't her signature. I don't know what her signature song might actually be. I mean, that that it's it could vary from person to person. Yeah. Uh, but th- I think this is one of them. This yeah. is one of her signature songs to me, at least one of them. So, yeah. Oh, wow. This is funny. After Donald Trump was referred to Hillary Clinton as such a nasty woman during the third presidential debate, the song rose 250% streaming. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I, I think it's on my, um, I have a playlist called the Hillary Clinton Power Hour during that time. And it's every song that had nasty in the title. <laughs> I don't get this world. <laughs> uh, <well>, whatever. <laughs> oh, God, I remember when Buck Cherry did a version of it, and it was not very good. Instead of doing Black Cat, which would just make more sense, they gave them this song. Yeah. I'm glad, that, I'm, I'm glad that's gone. Yeah. Yeah, MTV Icon was just, they tried, but... They failed. Like it, it was. And it was somebody who did a Janet Jackson tribute, and it was like a lot of. I feel like it was a lot of pressure on that particular artist to do well. Mm-hmm. Was it Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera? Or I don't know. I know some, the uh, yeah. The performance for for Janet Jackson was outcast at Miss Jackson, which, I mean, whatever. They remixed the lyrics. Had to because yeah. otherwise that doesn't make any sense. Destiny's Child did less. Wait a while. Macy Gray, Love Will Never Do Without You, which is also a good song right outside of my top seven. 
NSYNC, That's the Way Love Goes, which I remember the video because they recreated the video for mm. that. Um, Pink Usher and Maya did a melody of Miss You Much, All Right, The Pleasure Principle, If, and Rhythm Nation. I might have to go back and watch that. Buck Cherry did Nasty, and then Janet Jackson does All For You. Because this okay, was in maybe that was somebody else. No, that's a different icon um, show. Because they did, I didn't know they did one for The Cure. There was Janet Jackson was the first. Aerosmith was the second in 02. I remember the Metallica one in 03. I did not know there was a Cure one. Hmm. Was there a Madonna one? No, there was only, they stopped in 04. Oh. <laughs> After it, the Cure. It probably cost too much. <laughs> and these do. bands, Blink-182, A Letter to Elise, and all of this, AFI, Just Like Heaven, Razor Light, Boys Don't Cry. These were bands that were popular at the time. Yeah. Razor Light, what, what happened to them? No one knows. <laughs> the Deftones are still doing stuff but not popular. Like these, like Limp Biscuit was a part of the 2003 Metallica one. These were. Oh, Metallica had to be pissed off at that one. That's the thing that always <laughs> kind of got me was how. Um, MTV, I think this is one thing that hurt them back then. They were a prisoner of their time. They would get an artist that was hot at the moment, and five years later, you're just like, what, what happened? happened? What happened to Limp Biscuit? That is that is Limp Biscuit and Corn. <laughs> what happened to Sum 41? The Executioners. SR71? Yes. Like Papa what, Roach? Yeah, Papa Roach was one of the artists. <laughs> like, what happened to these people? So yeah, MTV used to do that. Like they're like, who's hot at who's hot right now? Uh, some forty one. Let's get them. Let's get them. They're hot. The sums. <laughs> the hives. The vines. The white stripes. You smoke? No. Here you go. Now you smoke. <laughs> oh God, MTV man. Yeah. Not they're not what they used to be, but maybe that's for they the better. Are not even close to what they used to be. Yeah. They can probably can never be that again. No. Um. But hey, I don't miss shows like Next. Neither do I. <laughs> Neither do I. Next. Ugh. Or Room Raiders. Remember that one? Yes. <laughs> uh. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, um, you're number one. All right. So my number one is JR. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I was about to play that one. <laughs> oh, God. Ply sounds so ignorant, man. He's. <laughs> But anyway, um, it has come back to me, um, and this song has what I like to refer to as the Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, um, I don't know if I want to call it the interval or the melody, but every time they did a slowed down song like this, the do-do-do-do, like that was their, it's pretty, it's dissonant, but not dissonant enough, and what dissonant means really is like if... um, you have something like two notes that clash and they're like it sounds grating, but you're not supposed to sustain it too long, just enough to sound kind of cool. So the notes are dissonant, but they're they sound they sound good. They sound pretty. And this was like their sound for these types of songs. Um, very similar to Can You Stand the Rain? Yeah. Very similar to I'm Only Human. Yep. There's another song they did for the SOS band that I can't think of the name of that was very similar to this as well. Um, but like right, one for change and yeah. for Alexander O'Neill and yeah, for Sherelle. Oh yeah, definitely for uh, <laughs> Alexander O'Neill. Um, I think they might have used that interval um, <laughs> in Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. So, but it works. Like you know, it's a very good song. Um, 
as a former simp, this is the type of song that, you know, go home, listen to at night, you know? You just be like thinking about the chick you got a crush on, man. This is that song, man. I loved this song. And then I, I did like the sample that GR Roten, who I don't even think is around anymore, um, used for this song. I thought he was gonna be I thought he was gonna be around forever. I really did. He was like the first producer I knew of to get like shout outs. He could only go as far as Sean Kingston would take him. I guess so. Yo, JR. I was like, <laughs> okay, they shouting him out, but um I just I like pretty songs. And this is one of those pretty songs. And Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, man. Jeez, man. They when they when they do a song like this, it sounds good. I would have loved to have been in the creative process. Um, this uh, this barely missed my list. Okay. Um, I don't think I have any slow jams on mine at all. Oh yeah, this does. Oh, so <laughs> slow is the slow. Let me stop. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my number one song is probably the, the slowest of all of them, so, <laughs> and it's not that slow. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is probably like one of the best sounding songs from from those first two albums. This is from Rhythm Nation, so um, this was this was one. This was you had to have the ballads. Yeah, back um, in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. That yeah, that was important. Yeah, that was a very important. Yeah. So uh, for her to have this in the you know on the album along with the other singles, which were like, which were Escapade and All Right and Black Cat. Yeah, Black Cat, such a good track. <laughs> um, you know, it was good to have this one at to to mix in there. It, it's what it's it's really one of the best sounding songs from her first two albums. I think it's one of the best sounding songs. Yeah. Uh, so that's your number one. And she actually sounds pretty she sounds good, good as a on, singer yeah. on this one. Yeah, I think they put it they put it in a good key for her. Um Yeah. We'll say that. They put it in a good key for her. <laughs> All right, so mine, um my number one. Um uh, this is at every not party as far as like people are getting drunk and rowdy mm-hmm. but every party that I guess you might call it a kickback oh god yeah we do sound old but yeah I know what you mean <laughs> I, hey you want to come we have a kickback like what the fuck's a kickback? where everyone gets together and you know uh, it's one of those parties where someone might might read poetry uh, I, and, then, and I never understood there's also the a table where people are playing spades because I a kickback and then there's a function I'm like so yeah. what's the difference Functions are rowdy, kickbacks are chill. I don't know. Who's supposed to kick back? I don't know. Hey, look, um, <laughs> this song is is played in one of those kind of yeah, one of those kind of events. Yeah, this is a good song. This and another song that almost made my top. Um, yeah. yeah, this is a song that um, I don't think people like to. When people talk about neo soul, mm-hmm. they don't really. This song needs to be put in there. Is like I agree. This is this is a neo soul type of song. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, it's. I want to say down tempo, but I feel like that's not the word. 
It's, I don't. Uh, I mean, it's okay. It's not a very fast tempo, but it's just chill. Yeah. I it, thought it, for the longest who that Dave Navarro played on this because I think he's in the video. Or there's a guy who looks like Dave Navarro in the video. <laughs> um, but I couldn't confirm it. I feel like he was in one of her videos. I don't know if it was this one. Well, we should watch it after this. It's, there's a video. He, it looks like Dave Navarro. It might be Renee Alizondo because he directed the video. Yeah, he, it might have been him. And they, they look a little bit alike. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, this is a really good song. It's smooth. Um, yeah. Uh, for those who have heard of Paul Brown Jr. or Norman Brown, this is like, <laughs> this song is right up their alley as far as the smooth jazz artists. <laughs> so, I was going to ask you, did you ever hear this on any of those albums? Because yes. I know, okay, okay. Cause oh, I know, those Hidden Beach albums? Yes, oh, for sure. Yes, okay. Track one. Oh. I don't know about track one, <laughs> but it was on there for sure. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. It was on there. <laughs> Um, are you able to find the 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 credits for this song? I was trying to find out who played because uh, the I'm the guitar down. sets off the whole thing. Yeah, it does. Me. It's a very good guitar. So a guitar lick, and of course her, she's got huge liner notes here. And I don't know. I mean, as far as only guitar player I see those thus far is someone named David Barry. Um. Yeah, I think that it has to be David Barry, but I don't know who that is. Yeah. But yeah, this is... Um, oh, um, Frank Stribbling. There's another guy. Okay. <laughs> this, this is a song that is... Uh, like I said, this is... This is the the godfather, godmother of neo-soul music. Mm -hmm. You have, I think you have to start with this song. Before you talk about anything that any D'Angelo or Erica Badu or or Maxwell, yeah, I think you got to start with this song. And we not like to those say artists. that it created, yeah. not that say it created the genre, but this is one of the this is one of those important songs for that genre. Yeah. Um, and this is another one of her songs that could be considered a signature song. Yeah, I I yeah. I agree. Um, trying to see how it did on the charts here. It was number one, of course. Like this was this was during Janet's hot streak. Yeah, <laughs> she could not miss. No, she could not. Um, and she took so many risks. Yeah, so many risks, and just just kept hitting. Yeah. <laughs> so many risks. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, Oh, you said, yeah, you did say NSYNC did this song on her Icon yeah. special. Yeah, I will say before we wrap, I think that is probably one of the more impressive things. Like the looking back on it, I didn't realize it in the moment, but like looking back on it, she did take a, she took a lot of chances in terms of the type of music that she released. Nothing about this song being released by her should have been successful. Like it just, it's not like it wasn't like anything she had done before, but it worked. It was really good. I mean, it's <laughs> and it, it's and I, I you say she benefited or bec or she took risks because her producers, yeah, like Jimmy Jim and Terry Lewis are taking risks. 
it wasn't just it wasn't always the the long intros. <laughs> it, it might have been, well, hey, let's sample this song mm-hmm. or let's let's try um, certain certain beats like this. Like that's the way Love Goes samples James Brown and the Honey Drippers and Pete's the President. Nice. Um, so for them to to take risks as far as sampling in pop music when at, at the time it, you only saw that in hip hop. You didn't really see that in the R and B pop mm-hmm. uh, arena. Um, but I think because either way, either she took risks because they did, or they took risks because she did. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, I guess maybe when you, when you do well enough that you can take those risks and I don't know. Like, it's just, I just, like, going through this list, though, like, a lot of these songs even sound the same. <laughs> like, no. They don't sound the <laughs> same don't. at all. They don't. Like, it's just, like, they're just, she genre hops, which I like. Um, You know, all within pop and R&B, of course, but, like, she genre hops a little bit from alternative to, um, you know, like, If is, like, an alternative R&B song to That's the Way Love Goes. It's very neo-soul along with Got Till It's Gone, very neo-soul. We Go Deep seems very pop. Um yeah, she yeah, it's it's yeah. Bravo. Bravo. That's that sees I guess um if people can sit and think about it, you can see like her evolution as an artist. Mm-hmm. And it's not that like some people you see some artists do something different from album to album and their fans get mad. Yeah. And but with her it's like I think she did it just because I think she felt she had to. Yeah. Um, didn't want to feel like uh, complacent or stagnant. And that's if, definitely something you don't want to be. Yeah. I wonder if she ever felt pressure from her brother. <laughs> Trying to keep up with him? Yeah. Like it, her it was, just an unspoken out. pressure. Like I, 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 uh, I listened to Dangerous again today, and we got to step it up. <laughs> <laughs> they come in the studio like, hey, man, did you hear about Thriller? Yeah, what about it? At 20 million. 20 million? Yeah, 20 million. Like, unit? Yeah, unit. <laughs> like, let's, let's go back. Let's go back. And like, you're competing with one of the most successful artists of all time who, who demanded perfection. Yeah. <laughs> Not just from his band live, but like in his writing in the studio, just everything. So, but not going to go off on a tangent about that. But I do wonder though if there was ever that pressure, like you know, a you're a Jackson, and b your brother is like really damn good, and he's putting out really, really, really good stuff. Janet, what are you doing? <laughs> like, so yeah, yeah. All right, so that'll do it for our because five Janet Jackson songs. Um. Had some people tell us their favorite Janet Jackson songs. Some people like All Right. Okay. Uh, they like Better Days, which is from The Velvet Rope, I think. Um, uh, I can't remember what everyone said. But, yeah, <laughs> there's some people have responded on our Instagram and Facebook about what their favorite Janet Jackson songs were. Thank you for sharing. Yes, yes, of course. Um, so we'll get to my earworm of the week. Uh, this is a song that um, I circled back around to. Um, 
there was a song. Uh, if you remember the movie Paid in Full, I don't think I saw that. Um, had Wood Harris, Mackay Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. Cameron about these drug dealers in the eighties, the mid eighties. Uh, but the soundtrack was produced by Rockefeller, so it had Rockefeller artists <laughs> on the on the on the album. Okay, I, I haven't seen this, but I I recognize the cover. <laughs> and the one of the songs that I couldn't recall if it it sounded like a Stevie Wonder song. Um, and it's not. It sounded like that Glenn Lewis song. Um. Uh, don't you forget it? We talked about it on the, okay. the whatever when yeah. the, whatever that song came out. So, uh, but it was a song on the on that soundtrack that sounded like that Glenn Lewis song, and the um, let's see if he if this is the guy. No, it's not. Okay, anyway, um. I didn't know that he was part, he was the lead singer of this duo. I think these guys are cousins called uh, Christian, Chris John. Sorry. I Chris remember John. Chris John, Full of Smoke. Yes. I so, like, yeah. Full of Smoke. This was from that movie? It wasn't in that movie. Oh, okay. But the guy who did that song for that movie is the singer of okay, this group okay. here. Oh, so, that's, a, that's, a, that's a bop. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I always circle around to this. It, this song sounds. I don't know. It just it it, it just sounds amazing to me. Even the, the the opening and the yeah, it's a, it, it's it sounds like it's, it's in a it it's it's very well done and put together. And um, in trying to look up what happened to them, basically, uh, they were on Rockefeller, and when mm. Dame and Jay had their issues, it affected all the artists on the label. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> so. They had they asked to be released from their contract, mm-hmm. and they haven't gotten back to where they were oh, since. That sucks. But uh, this is still one of my one of my favorite this songs. Is a great uh, song. This is "Full of Smoke" by Chris John, and we'll be right back. But let us leave these two young men to sit and reflect on the fate of the world. For life as we know it, my brother, must go on. And so the hustlers continue to hustle, and the players continue to play. Hey, hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, what's, what's up? up? I'll get out of here, man. Yeah? Yeah, you can do it. Well, you on your way, too. What's up, today? We heard it's kind of ass. I was just up on that myself, man. What the hell happened What? There? What? No fox?
that is Full of Smoke by Chris John from their album Ghetto Serrano. Their second album was called Project Plato. I was like, what's their third album going to be? Hood Horatio, like I don't know. <laughs> Subway Socrates. <laughs> I love this song though. That's a man, yeah. Uh, I watched the video, and it had, um, uh, I think it was Don Robinson from In Vogue. Oh, she's but it was just her. Like she's the only member of In Vogue so in the video. So I don't know how how they were connected uh, exactly. Uh, Dame Dash is in it. Um, I think uh, Memphis Bleak was in it too, or what? So oh, other Rockefeller artists yeah. were in there. But Don Robinson, I'm trying to like, okay, what is her connection to, to this? Because I don't think In Vogue was on Rockefeller or just... or Lucy Pearl. Oh God, Lucy Pearl <laughs> were on there either. But yeah, was that the first R&B supergroup? Um, was it? Because it was her, Raphael um, Sadiq, and who else? Um, was one of the Ali guys from, from um, Tribe Called Quest. Quest? Okay, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good group. And that one song they had, of course, but <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, um, you could find that and uh, the Bay Camino uh, on our BTTYC Earworms playlist on Spotify right now. If you want to go and listen to the song in its entirety, um. Along with all of our other, uh, I just realized something. There are now, there are two songs missing. Oh, geez, probably one of mine. There are two, so I don't know which one they are because there are 240 songs on this playlist now. <laughs> but there are two songs missing. Be a good playlist for a road trip. Yeah. yeah. Give you a lot of, uh, a lot of different genres and sounds and mm-hmm. artists and decades all that yeah <laughs> all right um so ben this brings us to the end of the program man bum, 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 bum. can you tell the people where we can be found sure i can <clears throat> all right so first off don't go to the website don't do because it. it ain't working nope i mean it's, i don't know but yeah don't go to it go to facebook.com slash by the time you hear this you can find us on the gram at by the time you hear this and you can also email us at by the time you hear this at gmail.com. Now, that Facebook website there, it's spelled with the word you, and that's spelled Y-O-U. Hopefully you know how to spell that. Now, the Instagram, as well as our email at gmail.com, is spelled with the letter U, and that is because... We're urban. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like, you probably can't tell, right? I don't know. Anyway. And that is not our problem. No, it's not. Because um, we're articulate. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> We be articulating. Anyway. Um, so yeah, if you want to listen to us um, on the go to an, uh, an, uh, avoid the annoying busker or to avoid um, the person who thinks that Beyonce would be a good storm, God forbid. <laughs> I could I can think of many other actresses that would be a better storm. I mean, help the woman from the <laughs> who plays her. Bring Holly Berry back, man. Just put makeup on her. She can look like a um, T'Challa's wife. They, they can make that happen. It don't even have to be that much makeup. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bet some people didn't know that. Yeah, T'Challa and um, Storm are married. Yeah, I hope that spoils it for you. 
Anyway, um, so yeah, you can find us on the Apple Podcast app, the Google Podcast app. Um, you can find us on Listen Notes, which is a place where you can go search for podcasts and look up show notes. You can find us on Tatro Podcast Player. You can find us on Castbox, Castro Player. That's right, Castro Player. Castro Podcast. Castro Podcast. Um, Tune In Radio, Auto Radio. Um, any really any of those podcast aggregate type um, uh, apps or websites, you know, check us out. Let us know what you think. Uh, drop us a line. You can email us. You can leave us comments. That's awesome that, you know, people are leaving us comments with their favorite Janet Jackson songs. Um, we love to hear back from you guys. Um, go and give us a five-star rating, you know, anything less than five stars, and we're going to have to assume you're a hater. Yes. And drinking haterade. Don't and drink bringing that. holleration and mm-hmm. hateration to the dancery. Yeah, don't bring none of that. No, none we of don't that. appreciate that at all. Don't. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't be at a dancery. We're still in a, in a pandemic for one. Yeah. So get out of the dancery, <laughs> please. Dancery <laughs> at your house. <laughs> That's why I be dancerying. <laughs> um. So yeah, that will do it for uh, this particular episode. What should we end the show with? Hmm. Um, anytime, any place. Okay, that's a good one. So another song where you know you. I like the slow down and uh, no. <laughs> ain't easy, man. <laughs> um, uh, if you're if you're in a dancery with the one you with the one you love or the one you lust after, yeah, um, <laughs> and it's just you two. Uh, this is a good song to. Uh, to to dance to so anytime any place by janet jackson to end the show thank you all for listening you made it to the end and we'll talk to you very very soon peace peace Yeah.